0: UFO Thinker podcast. Hello and welcome to the UFO Thinker podcast. My name's Frank and let's get cracking. So yeah it's been a pretty intense week hasn't it if you're interested in the UFO topic. I'll tell you what I think this has genuinely been the wildest week that I have seen since being interested in the UFO thing in general. I mean, absolutely, it's not something I ever expected in a million years to be opening up my phone, having a look through the news apps and the top headlines are (laughs) US military shoots down an unidentified object, crash retrieval in progress, extremely wild so there's a lot to talk about i have been getting a ton of messages about this um the recent goings on as well so uh, i do apologize to anybody who might have messaged me and i've not got back to you um i'm just trying to keep up with it all just like you lot are so i thought i could address most of it in this episode so let's get stuck in and figure out what's actually happened first of all let's lay all the cards on the table um so on january the 28th apparently was when china's balloon you know i think we can safely say it is china's whether or not it's a spy balloon or you know that's disputed by the chinese government but by all accounts it is some kind of surveillance or spying balloon i think the official explanation from china at this point is that it is still some kind of weather uh weather monitoring balloon or something and they claim that there was no spying aspect to it, but they they do accept that it is Chinese in origin. So the balloon was spotted January the 28th. Apparently it entered US airspace near Alaska before transiting uh, over Canada and then eventually to the the continental United States. By around about February the 2nd, the DOD, the Defence Department, uh, said it was tracking this balloon and that it had been over montana a day earlier on february the 1st and the thing is with this is i think the reason that they were forced to address it essentially is because civilians had actually seen this balloon uh due to the sheer size of it i think it was um you know inevitable that it was was perhaps going to be seen at some point but um it's, it's unclear exactly whether or not the perhaps the balloon dropped down to a lower altitude than expected and and that made it observable from the ground and um, china seemed to say that there'd been a problem with it and it was going off course i, I tend to think that it's perhaps dropped to a slightly lower altitude than they thought uh, or it had gone on a route over more populated areas accidentally and that's how it was observed but that essentially kind of forced the admission from the defense department that they were indeed tracking this balloon now following the announcement that uh, the balloon had been uh, sighted and was being tracked it, it actually kind of carried on going across towards the east coast and i i've read that it actually started to really pick up the pace at that point so perhaps it was loitering over montana and then the engaged whatever systems on board to get it to go over to the East Coast as soon as possible certainly sounds as though that, that was the sorts of things that have happened. Exactly how the balloon was manoeuvring is not exactly known at this point, uh, but there has been a lot of speculation about propellers and rudders and things like that. But obviously all, a lot of the details around all of this is still very vague, so we don't exactly know for sure. Fast forward to February the 4th, the balloon was shot down so obviously everybody's probably seen the footage by now a u.s fighter jet approached the balloon and actually shot it down um off the coast of uh, south carolina and it was actually over the water at that point the balloon's height uh, was absolutely vast apparently Uh, i'd mentioned that it was um, three buses in size but that's actually the payload Um, so just to clarify the balloon itself is estimated to be around about 200 feet tall and the actual payload itself is about the size of three buses I've also heard it described as the size of a jumbo jet the payload so this is a vast balloon really really huge object Um again lots of speculation about what kind of equipment was on board uh, it does seem to be solar panels underneath the balloon and whatnot um, but it has been described as uh, having equipment on board which was clearly for intelligence surveillance antennas and things of that nature now i actually have heard from a couple of uh, the officials who've been talking about this uh, in, in interviews and whatnot that they were actually aware of the balloon being there before it was announced and they've only really my understanding of it is that they were aware of it they were tracking it and it did seem a bit odd to me that they wouldn't have been able to pick something that huge up on their systems there's been this talk about objects you know moving very slowly and and they're looking for fast moving objects and so on i think that that's probably not exactly true i've spoken to quite a few people who are sort of experts and ex-military and current military in some cases um in the united states and and i think the general consensus of those who were quite well up on this kind of thing is that it was observed way before it got announced to the public and it was really just the fact that a member of the public saw the balloon and that forced the hand in terms of they had to admit that they had been monitoring it and were still monitoring it so Anyway, we get to the 5th of February and the balloon starts to be recovered and obviously we've all seen the, the photographs of this balloon being taken out of the uh, ocean and, and hauled up onto a boat and whatnot and obviously they're going to want to uh, collect everything they can to be able to determine what was going on there. So then we get to around about um, February the 10th where the apparently the, the actual search for the debris was suspended because of bad weather. And uh, any of the debris that had not been removed from the bottom of the ocean uh, had actually been weighted down uh, to prevent it from being moved. So just to stop it from being covered in, in sand or you know washed around on the ocean floor and, and move into a, a, a place where they couldn't have uh, re- recovered it, they've actually apparently weighted down this debris. Uh, and then we get to february the 10th to the 12th so a period of a couple of days and there appears to have been three more unidentified objects actually spotted so they were spotted over the us and actually canadian airspace as well on friday february the 10th uh it was actually announced that uh, an object had been taken out of the sky from high altitude off the coast of alaska uh, another unidentified object was shot down in Canadian airspace the following day. And then another um, object was taken out of the sky by the US military over the Great Lakes re- region. And that was on Sunday, February the 12th. And there was a briefing that night, Sunday the 12th, uh, with DoD officials saying that the three objects that were downed didn't actually pose what they describe as a kinetic military threat, but the path and uh, the proximity to some sensitive sites and the altitude they were flying um, could could potentially be a hazard to civilian aircraft and all of those reasons they acted out of what they describe as um, an abundance of caution to take these objects down. Now I'll save my thoughts and opinions on all of this for a little bit later, but let's carry on with the the timeline up to where we are today. So by now we're on February the 13th and apparently the recovery operation resumed after the bad weather had uh, had gone. And apparently a very large part of the balloon's antenna array was actually able to be retrieved from the ocean floor. And these have been sent off to an FBI lab uh, for analysis and, uh, and further study and um, the actual parts of the balloon as well were all recovered by the or at least a large part of them was recovered by this point and the search for the other objects which had been shot down uh, was well underway by this stage now they're described as being some of them in remote terrain so, uh, apparently the one that was shot down over the lake huron is in a very deep water and by this point there was a a flurry of articles about these objects and a lot of conversation within very mainstream news as well. Uh, John Kirby um, said that the US didn't detect that any of these objects were sending communication signals before they were shot down. Uh, And and apparently the US were able to determine that these objects didn't show signs of self-propulsion or manoeuvring and were not manned. And I I did find that very interesting because how would they be able to determine that they weren't manned? I wonder what technology was actually put into place there to, to verify that there was no human beings on board. It's quite an interesting point. Mm -hmm. And, i did consider that if there was anything whether or not these objects were anomalous objects or something more prosaic how would they go about actually determining that there isn't anybody on board because these are quite large objects and there could be potential space in there for human beings to occupy them i would imagine with them being so large how did they actually go about determining that but it wasn't made clear anyway just thought that was an interesting point but the the objects were described as being carried on the on the prevailing winds sort of thing, rather than propelling themselves in the same way that the initial balloon was, Uh, but they were specifically described as objects rather than balloons. And a a few different officials actually um, made that distinction. So when we get to February the 14th, Valentine's Day, just a couple of days ago, as I record this, uh, Kirby has again said that there's no indication that the uh, three unidentified objects were part of China's spying programme or involved in external intelligence collection efforts. Now, again, comments like those are very vague. So because there's no indication that those objects are from China, does that mean that there's something anomalous does that mean that they actually may be something from china but they've not been able to determine that it's very difficult uh, to actually say but it, it was ruled out that they were u.s government objects but apparently they left the door open therefore the possibility that they could be linked to commercial or research entities and uh, apparently the actual quote was that very well could be or could emerge as a leading explanation here. Unquote. Now, by this point, obviously the search is well underway with not much in terms of uh, results to find the debris from these later three objects. And there were various bits of speculation going on in terms of people saying that one of the balloon or one of the objects, should I say, moved out of the way of one of the missiles. Apparently one of the missiles missed. I think it was the one over the Lake Huron, if I remember correctly, and the object... Um, was eventually taken down but apparently the first missile that was actually fired by a U.S. fighter jet over Lake Huron just checked my notes and it was that one missed its target and actually landed in the water with the second missile actually hitting the target Uh, and by this point there was also classified briefings taking place and the various uh, government officials that were coming out of these briefings were then making statements to the press and we've seen these crazy scenes of Marco rubio surrounded by reporters being asked about unidentified objects being taken down by the u.s military and the retrievals of those objects and so on so just a wild week unbelievable scenes that i didn't expect to see and very very interesting and i think the the way that this has been discussed in the mainstream has been really has reached far and wide i mean i i actually got a phone call from my mum who doesn't even know i do a ufo podcast um and and i've never really even had discussions with her about ufos and she phoned me yesterday asking me what she, what i thought about all of this ufo stuff and i was like well i'll tell you a bit about ufos <laughs> so the fact that um my mum is interested in in ufos for the first time and has been reading about the the frenzy uh, around this it is quite interesting it's quite revealing as to how far this story has actually got so let's move on to a few of, of my thoughts and a little bit more about some of the fallout from this and what other people have, have, have thought about this as well so here's my thoughts about the objects that were downed okay so i don't think that these were anomalous objects that have been taken out of the sky. Okay, but it's not all doom and gloom because I still think this is an absolutely huge story which is going to have a massive knock-on effect for the UFO topic in general. But I'll explain why I don't think that these particular objects were anomalous. Okay, so if these objects were really so easily intercepted and shot down as claimed... For me there's not much chance that they were actual UAP. Now we know from the Tic Tac case that the Nimitz you know the Nimitz encounter with Dave Fravor. Dave Fravor described that that Tic Tac as as, as running rings around their jets. It massively outmaneuvered what they were capable of doing. We also know about things like the, the Tehran case in which case Uh, fighter jets were actually scrambled to intercept an object which shut down the weapon systems we've heard about cases going all the way back to the the 40s and 50s you know where um the the cases that graeme Rendell has has written about quite extensively for example uh, of foo fighters during the the second world war where there were very well documented cases of uap being fired upon and just absorbing rounds with no effect so to me, it's pretty hard to swallow that these objects were anomalous if they were shot down so easily. But obviously, we are going off what the US military are telling us and what the US government uh, you know, are, are wanting to reveal to the world. So is it possible that these objects actually weren't downed? And that would explain why they can't find the wreckage? Possibly. For me, I think what's probably happened here is they've had the hand forced in in a way the the fact that that initial chinese balloon was detected has then made them have to make a statement that we're not standing for this send a message to china and as a result of that they've had to really kind of comb through their uh, sensor systems to find a few more objects so that they can take them out now that is very important in and of itself because I think the knock-on effect there, even if these objects actually were prosaic objects, you know, is still extremely important and adds legitimacy to the the whole concept of studying UFOs, you know, UAP, because it is a mixed bag of things that you're going to pick up. And whilst we don't actually know what these objects were, I would suggest that it's quite unlikely that they're going to be anomalous. But the fact is, if we have had to have that kind of shake up of of having this huge balloon detected by the public and then that has forced the defense department to act and, and and start to open up the parameters on sensor systems a bit to detect other unknown objects then what's that going to lead to there's a a very high percentage chance there that you're going to find other things that perhaps are anomalous and for me there's a lot of discussion going on around you know ah well you know various naysayers will say that everything's just balloons then and we've been saying this all along it's all balloons and drones but i don't think that's the case unidentified objects are just that they're unidentified objects and i i've said on the podcast for a long time now that anything unidentified that is in the sky needs to be identified and that's what we're all pushing for the difference is i believe that there is a percentage of those unidentified which display extremely interesting anomalous characteristics and that is obviously where the most exciting aspect of it lies but having said that Even the other stuff that's in there, adversarial craft, very, very important to identify those as well. So for me, the fact that some of these objects are are spy balloons and adversarial kind of observation craft and things like that, that doesn't delegitimize the study of UAP. Actually, quite the opposite. Even more reason to engage this topic and, and not just laugh it off and describe it as little green men because there are some very serious national security concerns there. Not only that if there are some kind of anomalous non-human pieces of technology that in itself is a national security concern in my opinion, and that needs to be addressed as well. And you know what, we can kill two birds with one stone. We can kill all the birds with one stone, no offense to any birds out there, um, especially seagulls, but we can deal with all of that by just, you know, not having a laugh about this stuff and just taking it seriously and, you know, looking into it a lot more. Now, I tend to think that there may be a bit of smoke and mirrors going on here as well, because as I've said, um, there was some um, discussion that I've heard from various officials where it strongly suggests that they were fully aware of this spy balloon before they announced it to the public. If they're aware of something like that, they're not necessarily going to come out to the public and say, oh, by the way, no cause for alarm, but there's a huge Chinese balloon floating across the country that's 200 feet tall. They're probably not going to want to say that, are they? And in that case, what they would have done, apparently, is is be able to block the uh, transmission of information from the balloon. And apparently that's why it was actually deemed to be... Um, safe to just let it carry on floating on its path until it was over the ocean. And then they downed it. I've heard and read that the reason for that was because they were able to disrupt its communications. So it wasn't able to actually transmit any information back to wherever its origin was um, because of the fact that they'd already picked it up and already disrupted its communications and jammed it essentially from being able to communicate anything back about sensitive sites. Now, apparently that's a bit of a different situation with the other three objects but that first one apparently that was the case um which you know it is slightly uh different to what was initially uh, suspected there was a lot of talk about um you know biden being indecisive and, and why have they not shot this down immediately and things of that nature but now we actually understand the size of that payload are you going to want to shoot down something that's so high up in the sky that I, th- I believe it was about 40,000 feet it was very very high up and it's carrying the equivalent of a jumbo jet it would be extremely dangerous to knock that down you don't know where that jumbo jet's going to land and I don't know about you but I don't fancy having a jumbo jet land on my house or in my garden or anywhere near me <laughs> so I think that that's kind of understandable if they were able to um, jam those communications and I don't know exactly how they were able to verify that the communications had been jammed obviously they're not going to go into that level of technical detail but um it is quite um it is quite interesting and sort of reassuring i suppose to know that 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 is the case um in terms of opening up the the aperture uh, as as lloyd austin uh, said i think they probably may have done that um as well and they've probably very rigorously combed through their sensor system data to pick up any other objects and that would explain the ones that they took down the other three but the thing is i think what this is not is a case of the the u.s have have seen this balloon they were shocked by it appearing over montana they didn't have a clue it was there and then they've they've panicked and they've started opening up all the sensor systems and they've spotted three alien vehicles and they've gone and shot them straight down i just think that that is a a hugely simplified and sensationalist uh, way of looking at this i don't think personally that that's what the case actually is despite all the kind of rumors and and um speculation online about this And I think what's happened here is it was a case of... They already knew that balloon was there. As it was travelling across the states, they were jamming it, they were stopping it, and they were monitoring it. And they allowed it to go uh, over uh, to the ocean before they shot it down uh, in a a place where they knew they'd be able to retrieve the debris. Uh, And also, it does occur to me as well that if you drop something from that height uh, over land, it's going to have a pretty bad fall. If you do that over the ocean, it's going to break the fall, and you may be able to... Uh, actually recover more intact debris from that object Uh, and then i think what's happened is they needed to send out a political message because the public were concerned the media was speculating as to how this was able to happen and what better way to do that than to pick up some other objects and shoot them down it makes the government and the president look decisive and i think that was done as a deliberate message so do i think we're dealing with something anomalous from those three downings no no uh, despite what the kind of online rumors and things like that um say and, and I, I also want to add as well if the government were going to take down a UFO that they determined was some kind of non-human intelligence operated to technology or, or craft of whatever type I really don't think that they're going to admit that they're doing that it just doesn't make any sense to me that the government just all these decades of secrecy the uap classification guide which recommends anything to do with ufos uap shapes and things of that nature um anything that reveals the knowledge about any of that thing any of that stuff there is going to be massively redacted to the point where any documents that have come out over the last couple of years anything that even hints at shapes has just been a black square redaction box so does it then make sense that the u.s would um, take down objects over remote areas and decide to have a press release about it to me that doesn't make any sense first of all the, if they were truly anomalous like a tic-tac object they probably wouldn't have been able to take them down anyway given how things have played out over the decades generally there's not been much success at downing these things also if they were going to do that and do it over a remote area where the chances of anybody actually seeing it happen are very very slim they're not going to announce it to the public via press release so that, for me, is a pretty clear indication that, that that wouldn't be the case. And, and I've spoken to quite a few people in the background about this, people who, who are very, um, you know, clued up on these kinds of things. And I think the general consensus is that th- these objects were most likely not um, anomalous objects. So obviously, having said all of that, it is very significant, though, all of this still, and, and to increase awareness in the mainstream and amongst the public uh, you know one spy balloon has basically achieved what we've all wanted for a long long time you know awareness of the seriousness of uap being in our skies you know as i've said before i mentioned this earlier a little bit too some uap are adversary spying craft and for that reason alone we should be taking this topic very very seriously uh, and again, the, the kind of drone and balloon thing is used to kind of ridicule the, the topic and the possibility of some uh, some of these things being anomalous. I actually think of it the opposite of that. The fact that some of these things are adversary um, spy platforms and, and, and balloons and things like that is even more reason to take UAP study seriously. Uh, I've, I've talked about Chris Mellon's direction towards the sensor systems which are being used to monitor objects, um, you know, sort of outside of what you'd be expect, um a lot over the last, I guess, few months really. Uh, ever since Chris Mellon wrote that article quite some time ago, to direct everybody's attention to these incredible sensor systems. And if you open up the parameters outside of what you might expect, like obviously the main thing that they're looking for with those systems is missiles and, you know, aircraft and things of that nature. But if you open up those parameters a bit and you remove some of the software filters to disregard things that are, uh, that are anomalous, you know, you're going to simultaneously improve two things. Well, probably a lot of things, but two in particular: adversary spying detection being one, and anomalous objects as well. You know, the fact that some of these objects are spy balloons, advanced drones, etc. That that doesn't mean, as some like to assert, as I've mentioned, that we shouldn't look into this. Uh, What a ridiculous state statement and 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 viewpoint that is to me. The opposite of that's true. What could be stronger of an argument than to you know to legitimize uap study than that you know some of these things by the way might be you know our adversarial nations who are our sworn enemies might be spying on us so we don't need to look into it at all (laughs) it's the opposite of that okay so china and russia might be flying things over and looking at our sensitive military sites okay we need to look into this rapidly and we need to do it yesterday you know and it's took this to basically provide that shake-up and uh, we'll, we'll have to see how it all progresses uh, from here. So uh, another point that I wanted to mention is something that my old pal Dave Smethurst has said uh, as we've been discussing this offline, which is that another consequence of all of this happening is that Biden has been kind of forced to nail his colours to the mast in a way and uh, associate his administration with arrow now obviously we all know about the arrow office which is uh, a newly created effort to look into um, anything anomalous that's being detected the all domain anomaly resolution office and this is a a, a a congressionally required office that's being created to look into UAP any any domain so that could be space it can be under the oceans it could be in the skies and the what's definitely happened here is that there has been a little bit of a politicization of the topic and of the arrow office i suppose which has up to now been a very bipartisan uh, effort and i suppose there is a bit of a risk of losing a bit of that bipartisan aspect if a democrat president sort of tries to own the narrative a little bit but there was a very clear nailing of the colours to the mast uh, as the saying goes uh, in the statements from John Kirby uh, where he was saying that you know this is something that wasn't detected under the previous administration and Biden has changed all that under Biden's watch we've started the Arrow office and whatnot you know and the the worry I have with that I mean, as much as a good thing in some ways because obviously the president you know, adding their name to this office and, and taking credit for it does legitimize it and get a lot of eyes on the office and and that side of things. But there's also the, the small chance perhaps that the republican president who may come in next or may come in you know some point down the line may end up kind of dismantling that effort and starting again as often happens when a you know a, a competing kind of uh, president comes in they, they want to take down everything the previous president did we've seen that with a lot of other areas outside of uap and i would just hope that that doesn't happen and there's not any um you know of, of that kind of thing going on as, as we move forward now It could also lead, though, to, I suppose, an even wider-ranging effort put in place by the next president, but it could be a bit of a volatile situation, so that's just one that we'll have to watch out for. But I, I do have hopes that everything will continue on a bipartisan basis, as it very much has been doing these last few years. Also, I think very important to point out is that we have to be very careful of those that are using this flurry of speculation to sort of inject disinformation you know i've seen some sources being quoted discussing possible ways that uap could have been shot down using certain techniques now if this was the case it would be the techniques involved in taking down uap out of the sky in terms of anomalous craft if there was actual techniques being developed or already being developed that that we use to take anomalous non-human technology out of the sky it would be so highly classified that there is absolutely no way that that information would be shared and, and it's, it's worth considering you know i've i've been told by former and current uh, intelligence community personnel that the only way that that type of information would be shared with a member of the public is if it was disinformation as part of a campaign So, I think we do have to be very, very cautious of anybody that's claiming to have access to classified information which they're sharing on UFO Twitter, for example, because I do believe that it's either fabricated or deliberate disinformation. You know, I speak to sources in the background, Um, I'm, I'm not you know a huge fan of even saying that because it's frustrating for people when you can't share information that adds to your understanding of certain things but unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you look at it it comes with the territory of having a podcast and doing research on this topic inevitably some people will tell you things off record and the important thing to remember is where the line is between direct factual information and speculation that's that might be coming from a source, whether it's somebody telling me something or whether I'm hearing that somebody else has been told something by a source, it's very unclear in a lot of cases. Just because somebody works for whatever intelligence agency or secret service or whatever, it doesn't mean they have access to all the secrets, you know, far from it. I personally know people who hold clearances at various levels all the way to the top levels and have learned quite a lot about how it works, you know, here in the UK as well as in the US and just because you have a clearance doesn't mean you're told everything you can work on uh like weapons special access program and have no idea about ufos you know we must remember the the nuances that there's a there's a lot of compartmentalization even within special access programs for information security not many people have access to that full big picture you know also there's a lot of special access programs saps that require top clearances that have nothing to do with ufos so you could speak to an intelligence community source with the highest clearances that you can get who can speculate till the cows come home as they say but that doesn't mean that they're going to be any more accurate with that speculation than a well-informed member of the civilian population and we have to bear all of this in mind i think uh, especially in these times of like rampant speculation and, and hype if they seem to be referring to things that you would think would be classified, then take it with a huge pinch of salt because, you know, in fact, empty the entire salt container on it because they're either feeding you a line, it's total BS, or whatever. The fact is the, the repercussions for sharing classified information with somebody who's who's not cleared to, to receive that information are huge. And in some cases, not just for the person sharing the information, but also the person who's actually in receipt of that classified information as well. So I think people get carried away thinking they're getting the inside line and there's danger of being led down a blind alley. So we have to be very discerning with with what we're going to trust in terms of what we're hearing. Now, having said all of that, what is going to be the end result of all of this? Where are we going? there's a lot of speculation today about the president actually doing an announcement about this. And I think again, some people are kind of getting a little bit carried away and thinking that the president's going to announce that non-human intelligences has been, uh, an entity has been living with us on this, this effing planet, as uh, Jim Semivan says. But I really don't think that that's going to be the case. Um, I mean I could be wrong and it would be absolutely amazing and I will eat my words I will apologize and eat humble pie live on air if that is the case but I would suggest that there's probably going to be a bit of downplaying there's probably going to be an assertion that these objects were not anything anomalous and that kind of thing but what all of this will inevitably lead to is a much wider conversation on the UAP issue there's no question that that has already happened you know people i never expected to be talking about ufos are talking about ufos you know if if we're seeing headlines in sky news about um you know um ufos being shot down it's going to have a massive splash and i would suggest that you know the the concerns that i would have is that the focus will become on Chinese balloons and spying platforms and the anomalous side of things might perhaps get left in the background somewhat and we have seen when you listen to the various uh, senators and, and, and people who've been part of these briefings such as Marco Rubio, he has definitely been taking a line which is to suggest that the real concern here is adversaries spying platforms of chinese balloons and slow moving objects has been mentioned a lot which is obviously something you would associate with a large balloon um and i suppose the question i have is what does the inside track look like because you're not really going to see people like marco rubio coming out and, and and saying you know laying his cards on the table and saying look it's very interesting you know that um we've got some anomalous vehicles that could be non-human, at that, this point in time that would not be a sensible thing to do. I also think the classified briefings probably are not as exciting as what people might assume. If you actually listen to some of the, the, the comments from people coming out of those briefings, I've heard several people from those briefings say that 95% of what was in those briefings could be made public and is already pretty much publicly out there. And Things like um Senator John Kennedy with some fairly explosive uh, sounding statements, such as uh, you know you better lock your doors tonight and um you know the the cows out of the barn, which is a similar phrase to the cats out of the bag as in you know the toothpaste out of the tube all the various different analogies that I could uh, um that I could mention there, but I kind of interpreted his comments as you know. The briefings that he'd attended were probably just getting them up to speed on where most of us who are deeply involved in this topic and deeply deeply interested in this are already familiar with. For example, um, though I'll just I'll just play uh, this this particular clip, which I think was uh, was was very uh, apt and and sort of says it all as to where we're at at the moment with the confusion. The only thing I feel confident saying right now is that. Um, if you are confused you understand the situation perfectly <laughs> and that sort of sums it up i think it's an extremely confusing situation we don't really know what to believe you know speculation and and uh, possible disinformation is rife and, and it's you know in the absence of having really clear information we've not got any footage or any you know reports of this wreckage we've got no footage of the objects everything is completely unknowable at this point and and that is actually a very key point i mean my speculation that i mentioned earlier my kind of uh, informed take i suppose you could say having discussed it with quite a lot of people is that these objects probably weren't Uh, anything anomalous you know but we don't know at the end of the day i mean any case that you look into any case that you investigate you have to have all the facts on the table in front of you and we just don't have that it will become clearer as time goes along but his various comments uh, in in interviews after that one uh, that's the same uh, clip later on he mentions about the cow being out of the barn and about locking your doors tonight and all the rest of it but he, he also then went on other uh, news interviews where he said things like there have been many of these incidents even going all the way back to 2017 and there is at least a couple of hundred and then he would correct himself later on and says actually no there's about 500 now that to me sounds like he's just had the um, probably the classified version of the Uap report that we all got um which basically says that there's been going back to 2017, there has been um you know 512 i believe it was just from memory so there's about 500 unknown cases in total now and that does go back to around that time and as we know there's been cases going way further back in time than that but this that sounds to me as though that briefing was probably a briefing just to bring everybody up to date who may not have been aware because obviously again we we're in the UFO thing day to day and we already know about this report and the public version of that report the unclassified version was was brought out not long ago a few weeks back Um, it was due last october but obviously ended up being delayed Um, but there may be other senators who weren't aware of that and the first thing you're going to do if you want to bring everybody up to speed with the issue of unknown objects is give them the briefing from arrow or from the information the reports that arrow have put together because that's probably going to be your most accurate place to start you know especially the recent sightings and obviously as we know you know and this is another great point from dave and um, something that i've been thinking about as well but dave really kind of uh you know made a, a point of this is that nobody initially picked up on the fact that there were a hundred and odd balloon like entities in the arrow report and that's just over the last few years all of these uh, mainstream news outlets were working themselves up into an absolute frenzy about uh, several other balloon incursions during the Trump administration and things like that. What about the hundreds of balloon like entities that had been spotted over the last few years? You know, what about the five hundred and twelve cases that that nobody's really got a good explanation for at this point? And I think what this whole thing has done, has really given everybody a kick up the backside to take what Arrow have been doing seriously, to take what the UFO community has been pushing for more seriously as well. And even if these objects are not some kind of UFOs, which I hope they weren't, by the way, because if we're engaging UFOs with missiles... We don't know what kind of worms we're opening there, do we? If these things really are non-human technology, do we really want to start attacking them? I'm not sure if that's a wise decision. And you would hope that the the United States government wouldn't do something as reckless as that, anyway. You know, and I, I have a suspicion even if they did, they probably wouldn't have very much success doing it. But if if these things are balloons of whatever origin or drones or some kind of balloon-like vehicles or you know a balloon with some kind of a structure around it that looks hexagonal or cylindrical which is that's actually how they describe these objects um they they refer to them as objects not balloons but there may be some balloon aspects or some lighter than air aspect going on there but they were described as uh, i believe it was hexagonal and um cylindrical which again for me rings some warning bells because as we know the the whole concept of um the uap classification guide has been to just not go near reviewing any shapes so it's suspect that they did reveal these shapes uh, to me and, and anyway the, the main point is the fact that this has all happened has basically given everybody a kick up the backside to get up to date and we are hearing that these briefings are taking place but what i don't think is happening is that these uh these senators the people in these briefings are receiving information from some dark corner of the government they're revealing where the bodies are they're revealing that we've got nine flying saucers just like bob lazar said and you know we're under attack any any day now you know there's none of that going on i think it's probably a lot more boring than that they're probably just getting something along the lines of what we got in the uap report that came out recently are they going to get further information possibly and that's where it'll get more interesting but the first thing you do is get everybody on the same page with those kinds of things and i think that's probably what's happening there uh, behind the scenes and what makes me think that particularly is the fact that not just one but multiple individuals have said that 95 percent of what's going on in those briefings could be revealed to the public without compromising national security and should be revealed to the public. I think they're talking about things like the nature of what's in the classified version of the UAP report and um, perhaps the 5% is the really interesting stuff, the really anomalous stuff. And as I say, what's going on on the inside track is what's really interesting and it's going to be uh, really fascinating to watch that progress. Because if Marco Rubio was shown some even just the 5% stuff, which is really interesting and anomalous, then even if he'd seen something of that nature, he is probably going to say publicly that it's all about the adversarial uh, platforms angle because that's the more rational angle that's how you want to present yourself as a politician you don't want to start coming out of briefings you know waving your hands in the air talking about aliens somebody like Marco rubio is not going to want to do that uh, and the same i would imagine with what the president is going to say when he eventually does get round to talking to the 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 public um as well and and any of the other people coming out of these briefings even if there was some very interesting uh, information in there some footage whatever it might be you know i would suggest that first of all the f- the pressing concern probably would be the adversary spying angle anyway you know you would want to send a message to china to russia to whatever other countries are putting these things about in the air and you would want to deal with that first and foremost as a more pressing concern but what all of that's going to do is it's going to open the conversation it's going to open up the conversation it's going to open up the filters on these sensor systems apparently um you know as well which is something that we've all if you're interested in this topic been hoping was going to happen and this has really kicked that into gear to the point where yeah all right initially they might have to focus publicly on the adversary uh, you know spying platform angle and things like that which is probably the sensible thing to do anyway but then Once the dust settles a little bit, we are going to start seeing how this conversation, having been thrust into the mainstream in this way, is going to actually bleed through into perhaps more transparency on the actual interesting stuff the anomalous sightings, the cases that have been locked up very tightly and we've not been able to hear anything about. Everything is all in a mixed bag of drones, balloons, adversary platforms. Perhaps some identifications in there as well, you know, perhaps some kind of amazing atmospheric uh, phenomena that we're not even aware of. And also the really interesting ones, which is probably a relatively small percentage, which are potential for being non human uh, vehicles, non human technology uh, of some type. And that brings me quite nicely onto a couple of the uh, tweets from Christopher Mellon, who You know, it's kind of like a psychic Frank, I think, uh, as I uh, I like to think of myself, uh, where... I've actually been really kind of banging on about it. listeners of the show will know about my uh, insistence on, on talking about Christopher Mellon's direction uh, of of directing us all towards these sensor systems and how that should be the main focus you'll probably remember if you listen to the show a lot that I, I actually asked a question about specifically this at the Enquire Anomalous event recently so yeah I think my uh, psychic future perception capabilities have served me well over the last few weeks but Christopher Mellon has uh put out an article like a statement about the the goings-on of the last week or so and there's a couple of uh, really interesting points that he mentions in his article uh, and i'll just read it out it's a little bit long but i think it's it's really good uh summarizing uh, of, uh, of a lot of the things that i sort of think as well um, so let me just read that out quote i very much doubt any of the objects recently brought down by the u.s air force have an extraterrestrial connection most are probably balloons. However, the object that reportedly interfered with US fighters over Alaska is highly unusual and may prove to be a Russian or Chinese electronic warfare or spy platform, or perhaps, albeit highly unlikely, a probe placed by an alien species. Although most UAP likely have conventional explanations, some demonstrate capabilities that seem inexplicable without reference to a more advanced nation or civilization. As astonishing as the extraterrestrial hypothesis may seem, the idea of intelligent machines plying the oceans of space is neither new nor surprising to many scientists unquote and he also goes on to say to to conclude his article which is a great uh, article by the way well worth reading in full christophermellon.net you can find the full thing and he concludes the 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 article by saying quote this may prove to be a sputnik moment for america sputnik led to the space race and ultimately our landing on the moon it also eventually led to cooperation in space among the world's leading powers accelerating our efforts to uncover the true nature of UAP is long overdue and once again it has the prospect to lead to breakthroughs that benefit mankind unquote. so it's quite clear there that although it may be the adversarial drones it may be the balloons or whatever type of things these are that have been downed there is still the door open there for the possibility that they weren't, but we don't have the information on the table. And my understanding of this topic and prior military engagements with with UAP, at least that we're aware of, uh, have not been very successful in bringing these craft down. In fact, they've ran rings around our best fighter jets and all the rest of it. To me, it does seem most likely that these weren't, but these weren't anomalous. But what this all does is it forces the door open and once that door's open then there's much more likelihood of being able to look into the actual anomalous side of things more and i think that is what the the big story is here that the whatever it took to get that door open the door's now open and how this all unfolds going along is going to be very interesting now i've heard that there are some very big conversations happening behind closed doors i mean again let's say for example these are known chinese spy spy drones or some kind of technology that have been downed think about the wider conversations that may have taken place in the president's office over the last week you have to think that they're not just purely going to be focusing on the chinese drones or the the russian drones aspects of this they're going to want to examine all of the various different uap you know unidentified anomalous phenomena anything that doesn't seem like the ordinary things that you would expect they're going to need to address it because there is again always the chance that an adversary has created a breakthrough propulsion system or a breakthrough cloaking system or something like that. So every single aspect of UAP is going to be considered and it may have taken the, the, you know, adversarial spy platforms to break that door open, but now the door's open. We've got to look at all of them, you know, and that is going to be where it gets really interesting. And they must have had conversations about this behind closed doors. This may well be the moment that they go do you know what we're just going to have to address the anomalous things as well it may be as, as i suspect that the initially will focus on the adversarial aspect of it the the spying technology and and that's what probably the the vast majority of the public are most concerned about to deal with it you know first and foremost but I, I, like i say for me now that door is open now that conversation is being had what's that going to lead to down the line and I have spoken to some people who have um, excellent connections and I I can't say the specifics about some of these conversations, but essentially there is not much of a concern, like I was initially concerned about, that the UAP anomalous aspect might get left in the background whilst the focusing on um, the spy balloons and the adversarial tech thing is, is, is dealt with i i sort of thought you know maybe this is some kind of psyop to relegate the anomalous stuff into the background so everybody thinks that anything uap is just a chinese drone but based on how things are uh, said to be unfolding in in the behind the scenes that's actually not the case and there are some apparently very uh, interesting things going on behind the scenes which again we're not going to know exactly what that consists of for a little while how little of a while that is remains to be seen but very interesting to keep an eye on as we move along and not only that does uh if anybody's not been checking it out the um jeremy corbell and george knapp podcast weaponized uh, they ended on a real cliffhanger on their latest show where they're talking about just this and uh, they are basically saying that they're they're aware of some very big things that are coming they apparently have got themselves some more uh, huge uh, reveals yet to come uh, obviously as we know there was the Mosul orb which i was talking about quite a lot on the podcast as well as a couple of other interviews uh, that they've been doing and a huge one with jay stratton stepping out of the shadows as well and they've got much more to come apparently so it's going to be I tell you what, people were talking about how 2023 was going to be a big year for this topic and, you know, even I took that with a pinch of salt, as much as I like to think that it's going to be, you know, I was kind of like, well, we'll see how it unfolds. It's been a pretty big year so far, hasn't it? (laughs) It really has. We're on the 16th of February, month and a half in, and some pretty game-changing revelations and all I can say is the the full details of all, how this big picture is coming together is not exactly clear just yet, but it's going to get clearer. And I tell you what, I'm enjoying the ride so far. So... Yeah, hopefully that's helpful for people to listen to. I mean, I've really been trying to kind of organise my thoughts and develop a take on all of this, and I've I've gone back and forth on it. And you know, obviously, as always, I reserve my right to completely change my mind about all of this stuff as well as, as as things evolve. The problem is with any investigation into a case is you can't really have a definitive. This is what I think is absolutely certain until you've got all the information. And the problem with this is we're probably never going to get all the the information myths will will uh you know thrive in in that kind of lack of information environment speculation will go wild you know but at the end of the day we start to see the knock-on effects as time goes along and that's what i'm really interested in seeing whether or not these objects that were taken down were some kind of anomalous objects or not as i've said the doors open now to to a wider discussion, and there's a lot more eyes on the topic than ever before. So it's going to be a, a really interesting few weeks and months ahead. Obviously, I'll be discussing it on the podcast more as 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 we go through uh, the developments. I'll try and get episodes in as and when wherever I can. So I hope you've enjoyed listening. If you do enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support, I have a, a Patreon account, which is where you can you can support a podcast for as little as a couple of pounds, couple of dollars, whatever your local currency is, per month, and you get early access to all the episodes. You can listen directly through the Patreon app on your phone as well. Um, there are no adverts on the podcast, as you will know when you click the podcast. All that happens is you hear a little intro of like 20 seconds, and then I'm getting straight into it. And the reason I'm able to do that is because of the generosity of the support that I receive on Patreon, which allows me to just cover the cost of the podcast and, pays me a little bit for my time that i spend doing my research for the episodes and uh, and whatnot so really appreciate all the patreon supporters if you have stuck around right to the end of the episode you are clearly a hardcore listener of the podcast so i'm very glad you enjoyed it enough to sit around for almost an hour of me talking about ufos if you are still here you probably uh, are as fascinated in this topic as i am so uh, congratulations on making it to the end and um, we're going to leave it there for now and till next time take it easy stay curious and i'll catch you in the next episode you are so